You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life. We were going to be speaking with Regan Rose. He is the author of a new book called Redeeming Productivity, Getting More Done for the Glory of God. You know, we all want to get something done. We feel like this is something that is put upon us by a work culture. Also, just by our culture in itself, we move very quickly in these days, and we feel like productivity maybe has been hijacked, taken some way the, the control away from us, and he says it's time that we take it back. So welcome to the program. Reagan, we are looking forward to this conversation. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. It's great to be with you today, Steve. Well, we're really happy for this conversation. You know, you are the founder of Redeeming Productivity. It's a media ministry that is focused on how do we take back personal productivity from a biblical perspective. Help us get an idea of what that lens looks like. What is the biblical perspective of productivity? What's that foundational statement? I think it helps to think about it in contrast to how the world thinks about productivity. You know, when when the world thinks about productivity, we think, how do we get more stuff done so that we can be more successful, so we can make more money, so we can impress people? Whereas the Christian thinks about productivity in terms of, how do I serve God better? How do I live a life that more honors Him? How do I be more productive in those things which God has called me uniquely to do? Well, think about that, that statement that you just said, right? There's a mindset that's buried in there, right? You said that there's the cultural way to think about it, but then there's the Christian's mindset. But sometimes, you know, even as Christians, we let that slip away. So how has productivity been hijacked? How have we lost that? You know, there are some things that speak about this. There's no shortage of self-help out there and different time management systems and all (laughs) sorts of things that are really, you know, garnering your attention. But how have we lost that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that it's kind of my own story as well, as I got really into reading books on productivity, time management, um, and over time started to realize that even as a Christian, I was buying into some of these notions that weren't really biblical. Like I said, things about what does it mean to be productive? Why am I doing this? Am I, is the meaning of life just to try to make myself happier? And the way I'll do that is by being more productive and, and making better career moves with myself. Is that really what this is all about? It's so easy for us as Christians to slip in two unbiblical ways of thinking if we're not careful. And I think that part of the problem is we have bought into a framework of productivity that is not really how the Bible talks about it. You know, when you read books on productivity, they, they frame it around what I call a mechanical framework. They're thinking in terms of industrial revolution, you know, Henry Ford, how do you, how do you make more Model Ts in the factory and then apply that to our lives? Just get more things done. But when Jesus talks about productivity, he talks in terms of fruitfulness. You know, we read in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. You abide in me, you will bear much fruit. That's what we want. That's the kind of productivity we want, organic productivity. I want to bear more fruit. And the way we do that is staying close to Jesus, not just kind of tweaking different areas of our life so that we can spend this hour a little bit better or or reach that goal. Those things are important, but 
deep down, the motivation is completely different for the Christian. Well, as Christians, as you just said, our motivation is different, and we have a different definition for what productivity is. But what is the unchristian productivity, and how do we redeem it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think unchristian productivity basically says you belong to yourself, that you, your life is your own. And so productivity is sort of this optional thing. Certain people, if, if it makes you happy, then you go and try to um, optimize your life to get more done. But the Christian understands that we don't belong to ourselves. We were redeemed. We're bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. That means my life is literally not my own. I'm a servant of the, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that mindset, I think, is so fundamentally different with how a Christian starts productivity. I actually call that in the book the first pillar of productivity, is the origin of it, or why you care about it, is that you belong to God. You don't belong to yourself. Well, you know, there are worldly things that are very, very flashy, and this is actually my favorite time of year right now, and you know why. It's because all the new planners for 2023 are coming out, right? (laughs) And they're all flashy, they all look good, and I am a sucker for a good planner. And I got to tell you, I'll just share this openly. I did successfully use one in 2017, but the other years, all the way back from Franklin Covey Day time management and all of that stuff, always epically fail by the end of the first quarter, right? We hit April and I'm like, yeah, where's that book? It's gone. This is all about being productive for Christ. It's not just about managing our hours. It's not just about the things that we're going to fill up our day. But when we talk about productivity from a Christian perspective, that begins the moment that our eyes open and our feet hit the floor. So you talk a lot about this, developing these different practices, and one of them is how do we start the day? So talk to us about that morning routine. Is How important is that to set the day right on our compass? Yeah, I, I put this practice first in the book because I really think it's the most important thing. How you start your day sets the tone for the whole day. It, it sets what your mood is going to be like. It sets how you're thinking about the day. And so I think for Christians especially, having an actual plan for your morning routine is critical. Knowing when you're going to wake up, which means knowing when you're going to go to bed the night before, knowing uh, what you're going to read in the Word, having a plan for prayer, even taking some time to look ahead at the day and make a schedule like these are very small things and they seem so trivial, but I know from experience that the days in which I wake up and go through a little routine to get started, those are the best days. You feel like you're actually starting with a plan for the day. You've oriented your heart towards God. You've oriented your mind towards the day. You've, you know, if you do a little exercise, you orient your body towards what's ahead. And it's so critical. I think that if there's nothing else people take away, that's the one practice I hope people who read the book will walk away with is plan a morning routine if you don't have one. Well, with our morning routines, we if we get up and execute that plan, we start off with a good decision for that day. And then that just kind of snowballs into better decisions throughout our day instead of just going through lackluster. And, but can that help us get organized and what are the most influ- influential factors in optimizing our environments for being productive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting organized is really critical for the morning routine and for all aspects of 
leading an orderly, productive life for God's glory. And one of those areas that's so important to organize for is where you have your morning routine. I think a lot of people, they might have a good intention of, say, reading the Bible in the morning and spending some time in prayer, but you got to plan for that. You have to have a, a spot and a time, so a place and a time. And if you pick that place, make it nice, make it tidy, make it a place you actually want to go and sit. You know, if that's at your kitchen table, clear it off the night before. Put your Bible there. Open it up to the next passage. Have your planner if you use a planner for the day. Make an environment that is inviting for you because we really are creatures of our environment. We're so much more influenced, I think, by our environment than we really realize. And so if you plan ahead and you tidy up that space and other spaces, an important one is your bedroom at night so that it's actually optimized so that you can sleep well in there and it's not going to keep you up all night, like having a TV in there or having a bunch of light come in through the window. All these things are small tweaks, but they're so practical because they do lead to really good results. And I think one of the things we sometimes do as Christians is we focus on the spiritual side of things, like getting our, getting our mindset right, all of those things that's important, but we forget we are creatures and there is a practical side to this. And so we have to plan. We have to make sure that we have set our lives up in such a way that those things which please God, those things that lead to our growth, are easier for us to do. That you're only doing yourself a favor if you organize your environment. Well, you know, so much is talking about uh, in in the secular culture is really about the what of our productivity, right? What is it that we are doing? What are we dedicating our time to? But we know with the Lord, He looks upon the heart. So let's talk about the whys and the hows we're actually doing stuff. How does that sort of mindset? that you're talking about, those small incremental things of being organized, of being disciplined in our daily routines. How does that shape and really translate to our productivity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the reason is everything. I, I give an example that there are two people at a job who could be doing the same job, do it equally excellent, <clears throat> and even get the same reviews on their, um, on their quarterly reviews from their boss. But one of them could be doing that work to please the Lord and the other one not. And the one who was doing his work as unto the Lord, he was the one who was actually productive on, uh, in, in God's view. And I think that's critical. What's the difference? The difference is the why, as he said. And so that's why I think grasping some of these things like, okay, what's the purpose of productivity? Well, the purpose is to bring God glory with our lives, to make him look good, to have him live uh, through us. Um, the motivation for productivity. Why am I doing this? Well, I'm thinking in terms of I'm going to give an account to God. I'm going to meet him someday. This life is not, uh, for the Christian, it's not just waiting around for heaven. There's work for us to do. Um, we're to walk in these works. And so I want to take responsibility for that and in his power live as well as I can to live out that purpose that he's called me to. And so I really do think the why is, is so, so critical. That's the foundation. Um, a lot of times the, the things that we do to actually be productive is not all that different from someone who's not a believer. But the difference is, why am I doing it? I'm doing it because I want to please God.
Reagan Rose. He is the founder of Redeeming Productivity. That's a media ministry focused on a biblical approach to our personal productivity and the effectiveness. Now, there are five pillars in this book that you speak about, Reagan. These are very, very important. You talk about how we belong to God, why we exist to glorify God, and that we were saved so that we could do what? To bear fruit for the Lord. And we've been uniquely gifted. You talk about that. The unique gifting that we have, how can we employ that into our serving the Lord and being productive in all of those types of giftings that he has put into us? What do you think about that? You know, a couple of years ago, there was a book that came out called Your Unfair Advantage. And in that book, the authors talked about how we often focus on our weaknesses and we forget about the ways that we're uniquely been gifted. And this wasn't even a Christian book, but I think the concept is really important for us as believers. It's very easy to kind of jealously look at the natural or even spiritual gifts of other people and say, oh, well, I'm, I don't have the same giftings as them, so I guess I'm really not that useful. But for the believers, we've been gifted both naturally, maybe you have some natural abilities, um, maybe you're good at math, uh, and you also have spiritual gifts, which the Scripture talks about. And so in this chapter, I talk about how really we need to marshal those unique giftings into what we do with our lives, that it follows that if God has created me a certain way and he's given me certain gifts, there's an expectation, there's a, a logical uh, necessity to employ those. That's part of my calling. So if you have a natural gift, a certain proclivity, I think it's wise to seek out ways to use that even in your job. And if you have a spiritual gift, you need to find places within your church to use that as well. Um, and I, I think that's such an important antidote that the scriptures give us to jealousy of our other people's giftings is a reminder that, no, God made you special. That's not just sentimental uh, language. He really did make you special, and that's part of your calling. And so lean into that and seek ways to employ that productively for his glory. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's becoming increasingly difficult to track our commitments as our world moves faster. What are some key principles of good commitment tracking system? Can you walk us through your system? Yeah, I think that there, I, I completely agree with you. Um, the world has gotten more complicated than it used to be. I think that's an understatement. And there might have been a time even in our lives where we were able to track all of our commitments in our head, but that time for most of us is far gone. And so I think there's wisdom in a complicated world to having a system that make sure you don't drop the ball. If you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. Um, and I think a good system is something that's going to be reliable, like not your brain. <laughs> Maybe it could be paper. It's going to be external. It's out of your head. It's something doable. Um, and it's exhaustive. It's a, pl a single place where you store all of your commitments. And so I follow a simple plan called just four steps, centralize, organize, prioritize, execute. So centralize is just capturing anything that comes across your plate. If you say you're going to do something or you notice, oh, you know, I need to move that out of the garage, you write it down in your system. And again, this can be as simple as a paper notebook you have all, all the time with yourself or the notes app on your phone. 
And then you take a little bit of time each week to organize those things. Make a plan. Which one's most important? Move it to the top of the list. What's the next thing you need to do on that one? Um, prioritize it. So pick which one you're going to do today or this week. You just have this running list. And then execute. That's the most important part. Actually do the things on your list. And so I try to keep it as lightweight as possible so it would work from anything from a phone to a, a complicated. There's some great apps out there for tracking commitments and your to-do list. But I think the principles are what's most important. You're capturing everything in one place and you're prioritizing daily what you want to do next on that list. And then you're just knocking things off the list. But if you don't have a place to track those things, don't be surprised if you're dropping the ball all the time. You're, you're making promises and not keeping them. Yeah. And that is a very, very important thing. You know, let's talk about then uh, the last component of setting those goals, right? We have to have those goals because our motivation is that we will give an account to God. So if we're working backward from that, well, what are those things that we want to be dealing with? What is that conversation going to be looking like (laughs) when we are called into account? Well, let's talk about how we can move forward with those goals. Yeah, I think it's so wise to work backwards from that, understanding that you are going to meet face-to-face with God. You're going to give an account for your life. That's not something to dread, by the way. That's something to be excited about because our, our standing before God is, is perfect. We're, we're righteous because of Jesus Christ. But this meeting with God is something to be excited about because it's unto reward. He's going to look at our lives and he's going to reward us for faithfulness. And so that's exciting. And, but what I want to do is I want to be as faithful as I can. And part of that is, is having the long view, saying, okay, what are some of these things I want to accomplish? What are some of these things I think will be pleasing to God, not just today, but in a year from now, five years from now? And then making, setting that as a goal, really, really defining it and working backwards, making a plan. What are the milestones? Uh, how can I turn this into projects and things that I'm making progress on every single day. I think a lot of believers, we just, we think that way about our work, but we don't think that way about our life before God. And I think there really is wisdom in planning ahead. In fact, that's even how the scriptures speak about wisdom. Talk about in Proverbs, you know, go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways. She, when, with no ruler or anything, the ant is offered as an example of planning ahead for the, the winter season of, of storing away food that she'd be ready. And I think there's principles there for us as believers about planning ahead, setting goals. That's not unspiritual. It's actually wisdom in action. Well, yeah, I was just going to state that there is some great wisdom in that and great perspective. You know, I want to encourage people to go over to moodybooks.org and check out the book, Redeeming Productivity, just released, author Reagan Rose, talking about how we can get more done for the glory of God. I want to just encourage you, moodybooks.org or wherever you pick up your favorite books, go ahead and get yourselves a copy of this. We are each, will we all will be called into account for what we have done. We have gifts that we have been given and a mission that we have here in this horizontal life. And I just want to encourage you, this is a great tool to help you kind of capture, maybe even reorient yourself for the year to come, but every single day. What a great reference this is. Hey, Reagan, thank you so much for spending time with us to talk about this. I feel it's a very important conversation to have. Thank you. I so enjoyed talking with you guys. 
You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio. From the word to life. 